Praise God. Okay, here we go. We were looking at, uh, we were in Nehemiah last time. Remember, it, it, I, I, I hope that as we, uh, oh, I mean, I know everybody here, we, your Bible's real condensed, Tommy, and it is a history book. We can't hardly look at any passage. Think about it. Jesus fed the 5,000. Was that a spiritual story? No, it was a historic event. He fed the 5,000, you know, probably within a, uh, six or seven months before he was crucified. But anyway, Genesis to Revelation, you got that. It's a timeline. And we discovered as you come all the way through here from the beginning of time. I love that chart back there and whatever. I mean, it, it, millions of years doesn't fit the Bible. Millions of years doesn't fit... You know, there's a, there's a certain amount of, I'll just mention this, a lot of young earth science is on our side. The sun cannot be 20 billion years old. We've had a replacement or something, and it doesn't regenerate its own stuff. It's losing, it's like 100 billions of tons a second. You factor that in there, it been lights out a long time ago, you know. It can't sustain so when these guys go, oh, just, just try to just make this thing. It's anything to get you away from the Bible is the bottom line. When you look at it closely, it's all about, uh, let's see, one of the main news guys the other day, he said, yeah, people believe in the fairy tales of Noah. You know, fairy tale, Noah happened. Mm. Whole planets covered with sedimentary rock, limestone everywhere with a bunch of dead things in it. Dead things today that die just deteriorate and they're gone. Something happened out there. Well, it's a flood. Genesis records a flood. 1,400 years after when man was created. Anyway, the Bible tells us in the book of Romans down here, death came by one man. Death did, did well, we all, no, death wasn't around. It was all perfect when God created everything. Then all of a sudden, death entered. And as you remember in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. Remember why? So they won't have access to the tree of life. And they would live forever in that lost state like the devil is. I mean, the devil's, he's lost, you know. You and I got mercy. We have a redeemer. But anyway, as time traveled on here, historic, historic, you can see. That's where you can drop in your Bible anywhere and start reading it. And you'll start picking up with history right here. And just keep going. You'll go, wow, that's interesting. It's not fables and it's not a spiritual message. You get spiritual things out of it, obviously, because it's going to show there's only one God. But anyway, as in a hurry, Genesis, with the world's created, then there was a flood and all this kind of stuff, and then man, uh, all the way down to Abraham, and then Abraham, they, they all get over into Egypt, you know, and they came out of Egypt, they're going to the promised land, they got the promised land, they lost the promised land, and then all of a sudden these kings show up, okay? It only went to two volumes, Kings 1 and Kings 2. And it was just volume 1, volume 2. Boy, after that 23rd or 22nd king right there, Nebuchadnezzar boom, took them over. Man, just like Moses said, if you're going to worship idols, you're going to lose your kingdom. And they did. Anyway, so God said in Jeremiah, because he was living at the time of the last king when Nebuchadnezzar came. He said, you're fixing to go... Off to Babylon for 70 years. And that's where that great scripture comes in in Jeremiah 29. I know I have, remember, uh, I have plans for you, you know, a future and a hope. That's where that scripture comes from. Because you're coming back. What is it? Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. The plans for a future and a hope, you know. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. That was to those people that were going to be gone for 70 years. Sure enough, they came back. First and Second Chronicles is just like First and Second Kings, almost a total repeat. 
more depth in each one of these volumes about these kings, whatever. So anyway, so Ezra picks up with, woo, they came back. Now we picked up here in Nehemiah, they came back. Now remember Ezra, when he came back, he was, they were rebuilding the temple. The king of Persia said, king of Cyrus said, the Jews everywhere can come back and rebuild that temple. And so Ezra's doing the temple and they overlap. And then Nehemiah, Nehemiah was just a governor, okay? So they got, remember, remember how fast they got the whole wall up and there was 42,000 people by record we saw in the Living Bible. In Nehemiah, 42,000 people came back and they built that wall. And do you remember how long it took them? It took them 52 days, 52 days. They were flying. Uh, in the sixth chapter, let's just catch that one little phrase. Uh, uh, well, there's a, during those 52 days, let's see, hang on. Yeah, there's, there it is, right at the top. You don't think Jesus is up here? <laughs> I'm not click on something and there it is. I mean, good grief. The wall was finished in September, just 52 days after it begun. Say, so Richard, I know the Bible's a spiritual book. Yeah, because see, when you see things like that, you'll think, God will help me get ahead of schedule. He'll help you get on course. He will. Wow. Okay. So anyway, so they got the wall up. This is the wall. Temple's on the inside of this wall. This is the wall of the city. Okay. All right. So now let's pick up right here. Chapter 7. Here we are. After the wall was finished and we had hung the doors. This is Nehemiah 7. We hung the doors and the gates and had appointed the gatekeepers, the singers, and the Levites. Now, you're going to see how fast this ebb and flow your personal life, you can, like, what did the Lord say? And he that hath ears, hear what the Lord says, hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Remember when he talked about being hot and cold? Yep. Yeah, that can happen to us. We don't want that happening because the Lord warned us. I would that you were hot or cold. And he says, because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Oh, man. Watch how this, it just, <laughs> and that's the reason Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Not when you're a teenager and then quit when you're in your 20s. No, keep seeking first the kingdom and all these things to be added to you, you know. All right, here we go. So they were serious. They got the gatekeepers and the singers. Singers, yeah, that's the reason we sang, you know. Okay. I gave the responsibility of governing Jerusalem to my brother, Hanani. Now, wait a minute. What's the spirit? This guy's dead and gone. That's because it's history. It's history. Oh, and, to, and Hananiah, the commander of the fortress, a very faithful man who revered God more than most people do. Why do they have that? Because that's what they did. And also, that's how he got appointed. You know what? If you love the Lord Jesus Christ, I tell you what, it's like, I'll just use Dustin. When Dustin wanted to switch and not switch, but go after some other kind of employment, he got right in. Praise the Lord. You're going to get right in no matter what. No matter what, whatever you do, the Bible says it's going to prosper. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Uh, I issued instructions to them not to open the gates of Jerusalem until well after sunrise and to close and lock them while the guards were still on duty. Remember those bad guys were still out there. They were mad that the wall was going up, blah, blah, blah. I directed the guards that there be but a, a residence. No, that they, let's see, that the guards be residents of Jerusalem. In other words, stay inside the wall. And that they must be on duty at regular times and each homeowner who lived near the wall must guard the section of the wall next to his own home. Boy, this was serious stuff. Hey, you know, the Smith family, don't forget, we got guards a couple hundred yards away, but you protect your side of the wall. Yes, sir. Got it. All right. Uh, let's see. For the city was large, but the population was small, and only a few houses were scattered throughout the city. Wow. Then the Lord told me to call together all the leaders of the city along with the ordinary citizens. Now, I'm going to stop here a second. Was this guy a priest? Mm-mm. He was a mayor. What's he doing around going saying, the Lord told me? 
Because he will. He will always help you. He's there to help you. You don't need a holy man to tell you what the Lord needs. I mean, if you, if you love the Lord, it, so many scriptures we could quote out of this historic book that God listens to your prayers. He, he wants to help you. Here we go. Uh, the Lord told me to call the leaders along with the ordinary citizens for registration. Man, there's a bunch of hoboat people here. That, everybody was registered. That's the reason it's such a problem in the United States. We, we know, you and I know it's right, but uh, oh, let everybody in. It don't matter. Let everybody in. It don't matter. We just issue them a thing, whatever. Nope. Man, I got a social security number. I'm a citizen of the United States. I understand how this goes. For I had found the record of the genealogies of those who had not... This, is, this book, it's just, it's just mythological. No, it's not. Why is this stuff in here? Watch this. I found the record of the genealogies of those who had returned to Judah before, and this is what was written in it. All right. Following is a list of names uh, of the Jews returned to Judah that were exiled. Look at that. Exiled by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. So see, see how it's tracking? Because this book was placed right at the end of Jerusalem, I mean, end of Israel when they lost their kingdom. All right. I'm just going to speed through this. But anyway, look at some of those names. Zerubbabel, he wound up being uh, uh, one of the next kings. Oh, you know, he's still a puppet of uh, the other nation, but he's still, the Lord blessed him. They got to come back. Here, look, it's Mordecai. You ever heard of that guy? Yes. The book of Esther, which is the next book. Okay. Which took place during this time frame. Okay. Okay. Of the tribe of, of the tribe of, we're just going to skip through all that. Blah, 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 blah. Look at all that list of people. Okay. Look at this. Come down here and it says, here are the statistics concerning the returning priest. Wow. I tell you, they had this stuff. They sure did. Here's the stats of the Levites. Wow, they had, look, choir members. We don't need no choir. Uh, apparently, <laughs> good stuff. All right, gatekeepers of the temple assistants. Look at that, okay. Solomon's officials. Look at that, Some of their descendants of Solomon's. You know, about 200 years ago, whatever. Uh, there'll be more than that, about 300, something like that. Temple assistants, another group that came to, to Jerusalem at that time from the Persian cities of this, 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 this. But look at that. They lost their genealogies and couldn't prove their Jewish ancestry. Why'd they say that? Because they, they lost their, <laughs> they lost their, whatever, their driver's licenses and they, oh no. Okay. Anyway, they still came back. Oh, there's another one. It said their group, their daughter. Let's see. This guy, he married one of the daughters of Barzillia, the Gilead, and took her family name, whose genealogy had been lost. Look at that. They were not allowed to continue as priest or even to recite, oh, excuse me, to, to receive the priest's uh, share of the food from the sacrifices. Look at that. Until the Urim and Thummim had been consulted to find out. So in other words, God was going to still find out. I mean, God knew. They were going to have to go to the Lord and ask, hey, are these guys from the Lord or not? And of course, they did. So there's your total. There's that 42,000 people that came back. So there was 42,000 citizens, 42,360. Then they broke them down into this, 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 this. Oh, my God, there were slaves. Oh, I can't read the Bible. Wait a minute. The Bible's a history book. And we're all slaves, no matter what. Thank God we're in America. We're free. But, you know, we're servants of Jesus Christ. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. The best way to... Matter of fact, Paul wrote a little part in the book of Romans, and he said, the best way to get this is I'll just talk about servants and masters and slaves. But we got people that have been so trained in the United States, they're like, oh, my God. Oh, I can't believe my granddaddy owned slaves. Oh. Hide in the sand, hide in the sand. Scripture tells us that if it weren't for Jesus, we're all slaves to sin. Okay, here we go. Now, look at the time frame. Next chapter. Now, in mid-September, 
All the people assembled in the plaza in front of the water gate and requested Ezra, now he's the high priest, their religious leader, to read them. How come they ain't read? Ain't nobody had it. He had the Bible. He read the book of the law of God, which he had given to Moses. Another one. No, 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 no. See, the day we write this, oh, I'm going to look and verify. I'm going to look at the book of Genesis. Who wrote Genesis? Oh, Moses wrote it. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. It's called the Pentateuch. You know, this is what I had to learn in school. So stupid. God wrote that. Moses is, see, they go, oh, he's just a, Moses was a brilliant man. He put together a brilliant religion. It's history. Uh-uh. Hmm. Remember, Moses came down from the mountain and he broke it. <laughs> Ten Commandments, you know, because people were down there worshiping a moo-moo down there. So Ezra the priest brought out the scroll of Moses' laws. He stood on a wooden stand. Look at that. Come, that's where all this pulpit stuff comes from. Specially made for the occasion so that everyone could see him as he read. He faced the square in the front of the water gate and he read from early morning until noon. Oh my God, the guy's just reading. Oh, oh. What are we doing? We're reading. We're reading. Can he tell a few jokes? Can he just tell a story? I hope this didn't last more than 15 minutes. We got to beat the Methodist to the restaurant. We know better than that. Everyone stood up as he. Where's the chairs? I'm not going to church unless I can have air conditioning. <laughs> you know what's more important is Jesus is more important, isn't it? Look what they did. And look at that. So everyone stood as he opened up the scroll, the Bible, you could say. And all who were old enough to understand paid close attention. To his right stood some guy, some guy, some guy. Okay, anyway, that's Jeremiah's dad right there. Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah. Anyway, to his left were this guy, this guy, this guy, whatever. Okay. Uh, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people said amen and lifted their hands toward heaven and they bowed and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Uh, can we take a break right now? No. As he read from the scroll, look at that. Look at these guys' names. About 10 people. They explained the meaning of the, meaning of the passage that was being read. You know, they had to be fast. <laughs> okay, what he just said was, you know, they, you bring your lamb, and you slay your lamb, and you give it to the high priest, and whatever. Da, da, da. Okay. Then Ezra the priest, and I as governor. Wait, who's I? Nehemiah. He was the governor. Governor of Alabama is K. Who? So, remember? Okay. Governor. And the Levites who were assisting me said, uh, oh, no, wait, I missed something right here. Okay, so when they explained the meaning of the passages that was read, all the people began sobbing. Now, would you realize one of the greatest Christian verses that you've ever heard in your life is fixing to be here in the next verse? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Notice where it came from. Everybody was crying. Well, I guess so. They were going, oh my gosh, I hadn't been doing that. Oh no, I hadn't been doing that. Oh no. Then Ezra the priest and I as governor of Levites who were assisting me said, don't cry on such a day as this. I remember it's like the prodigal come back home. Remember the brother was like, he's been with prostitutes. He's been gambling. He sold all the stuff. He's a, he's a rotten son. But no, remember the prodigal, the story was the dad came down there and told his brother that was saying that stuff, his, his other son, look, it's proper, it's right that we rejoice. Man, they killed a fatted calf. They had barbecue. They were singing and dancing, put a ring on his, on his finger and shoes for his feet. So that's what this is. For today is a sacred day before the Lord. It's time to celebrate with a hearty meal and send presents to those in need. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. I guess we as Christians in the Bible Belt should have no strength because we think, oh, God's a big sourpuss. See, it can't be. It said the joy of the Lord. Anyway, you must not be dejected and sad. Wow. 
What would you have been thinking if you read this through and you were drinking coffee or whatever in the morning or whenever you read this, late at night? You'd have to be telling yourself, you know what, I know i got problems, but the Lord's going to help me. <laughs> the Levites too quieted the people, telling them, it's all right, don't weep. This is a day of holy joy, not sadness. So the people went away to eat a festive meal and send presents. That's where all this Christmas stuff comes from. Okay. It was a time of great joy and joyful celebration because they could hear and understand God's words. So if you're not happy today, what should you be doing? Man, I'd be reading my Bible. Man, things get me down. I tell you, I, when I go get my Bible, it's just my day turns around. What does America say? You need to learn to be more positive. <laughs> okay. You can only get so far with that. You got to have some meat and potatoes behind being positive. That's just positive thinking is what it is. Man, I can be positive because I have a great God with us. The next day, time frame, next day, the leaders and the priests and the Levites met to, with Ezra, look at this, to go over the law in greater detail. How smart is that? Uh, hey, uh, there's a couple places in the Bible I want to go back and look at. <laughs> okay. Well, they studied it and they noted that Jehovah had told Moses, that's the Lord, the Lord told Moses that the people of Israel should live in tents during the festival of tabernacles that was held that month. Remember why that was? Why did they build these little dinky little structures? It was to remind them that Pharaoh got killed and they got away from Egypt. It never happened. <laughs> and he said that also a proclamation should be made throughout the cities of the land, especially in Jerusalem, telling the people to go into the hills and get branches from olive trees and build your little tent. Act like and fig, look, make huts to live in uh, for during the, during the feast. So the people went out and they cut branches and they used them to build huts. Now, do you think Jesus is going to help them for this? Oh, yes. To obey is better than sacrifice. Wow. You think we should skip, we call it Easter. You think we should skip the Passover? Let's just don't even acknowledge there's an Easter this next year. No, the reason you do that, it reminds you of the Passover. It reminds you of the resurrection. Jesus died during that Passover. But we always take the extra step and go, remember what happened at Passover. It was that death angel passed over in Egypt. Not anybody in uh, Israel was killed. All the Egyptians lost their first point. Anyway, so the people, they cut all these branches and they used them to build huts on the roofs of their houses or in courtyards or in the court of the temple, uh, the plaza beside the water gate. And Ephraim. Don't you understand? This would be thrilling for a kid. I mean, it's like, what are we doing? We're going to go in the hills. We're going to build us a house. Oh, what? You know? They lived in these huts for seven days of the feast, and everyone was so sad. No, wait a minute. Filled with joy. Wow. This procedure had not been carried out since the days of, uh-oh. See the time frame? Joshua. Guess how far that had been. That's why they got themselves in trouble. Ezra read from the Bible, we'll say the scroll, on each of these seven days, and on the eighth day was a solemn uh, closing service as required by the laws of Moses. Wow. Wow. I don't know if we need to read the Bible today. <laughs> Are you kidding? Of course we do. Here we go. On October 10th, that's like a couple of days later, or seven days, wouldn't it have been, they returned for another observance. This time they fasted and they clothed themselves with sackcloth and sprinkled dirt in their hair. Now, why did they do that? They had read, this was another important time, where they were supposed to be recognized, I have bl blown it. Well, yeah, but the, well, then you're not even going to be a Jew anymore. You can't even be a, no. It was to remind them that, praise the Lord, we have a sacrifice. That's what it was. Anyway, the Israelis separated themselves from all foreigners. 
What's interesting about that, that's a lot of divorces that took place in there. They had married women from other countries, whatever. You can read it in Ezra. The last two chapters, they divorced all those wives. I never read that. I know. Baptists been so busy, and some of them didn't want to read it because they're like, well, that's going to tell my young person he's going to wind up with 45 divorces by the time he's 30. That's his problem with women if he's going to do something like that. God, man. Anyway, here we go. Let's keep reading. The laws of God were read aloud to them for two or three hours. I can't take this Bible reading. This Bible. This is, remember, that all this is fantastic. Wow. Did you remember that Moses said, well, the Lord told Moses, while you are in these feasts, don't worry about your home territory. I know Melody lost her motorcycle, but the story's not over yet. While you're worshiping the Lord, nobody is going to attack you. Really? Yeah. Lord just takes care of everything about you. You're not going to be able to blame the Lord for any problems in your life if you, like I say, you, you put him first. And can you imagine half of these people probably I would classify as losers. Oh, I worry about old so-and-so. I hope he's listening. You know, we worry about these. Jesus takes care of them. Because guess what? They're there. It doesn't matter. I don't have to come up with a plan to make sure everybody, I'm so worried. I hope y'all are reading your Bible at least 30 minutes a day. I'm not putting together any plan. I, I, it's not my job. It's all, Jesus takes care of all of us. So anyway, here's what happened. The laws of God were read for two or three hours, and for several more hours they took turns confessing their sins and, uh, and those of their ancestors. And everyone worshipped the Lord their God. Some of the Levites were on the platform praising the Lord God with songs of joy. Woo! All right. Here we go. And I think, let me see right here. Hang on a second. Yeah, I'm just going to stop at this one, but watch this one. This, this, is, this, is, such a, this is such a great chapter. Okay, so here we go. Uh... Okay, so they all, they were singing songs of joy. These men were blah, 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 blah. Okay, these guys were singing. Then the Levite leaders called out the people and said, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, for he lives from everlasting to everlasting. Wasn't that good? I mean, we, I sang a song. Stand up and bless the Lord your God from everlasting to everlasting. Stand up. I used to sing that and had no idea. This is where it came from. Okay. And anyway, it is far greater than we can think or say. Yes, it is. Now watch what happens next. All right, here we go. Just going to stop with this chapter right here. The leaders in this part of the service were this guy, this guy. This. Okay, here we go. This is what I want you to see. Ezra, remember, he's been reading that Bible. He's going to pray a prayer. Now what I want you to watch in this prayer is all the stuff that today people say never happened. Why did he just rehearse it again? From creation all the way to Egypt, to Pharaoh, till we lost our rear end in the promised land. Nebuchadnezzar got us. Watch this. You alone are God. You have made the skies and the earth. Now, please quit telling everybody. It's evolution. No, it wasn't. You want to start your day out right? You remember everything you see with these eyeballs God created. And if he created, he can fix your problem. Anyway, the earth, the seas, and everything in them. You preserve it all. Look at that. And all the angels of heaven worship you. Remember, go to Revelation. You see heaven. John saw it, and these angels are going, holy, 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 worthy, worthy. I mean, wow. Okay. You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him from the land of Ur to the Chaldeans and renamed him Abraham. Check your Sunday school records. That's right. His name, yeah, see how it tracks? Then when he was faithful to you, you made a contract with him forever and to give him his descendants the land. There it is, the promised land. Look at it. He's rehearsing this. 
Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, you know, the whole list. Now you have done what you promised. Remember, he did it. Now, that, that's history now. You did it. Look at that. You did what you promised for you. Look at that. You are always, look at that. True to your word. Praise the Lord. You saw the troubles. Look at this. Here we go, Egypt. You saw the troubles and sorrows of our ancestors in Egypt. You reckon he sees your troubles too? Oh, of course he does. Anyway, keep going. And you heard their cries from beside the Red Sea. Remember that story? They thought, well, okay, we got this far, but I guess we're going to get killed. Remember the Lord said, tell the people to stop praying and move forward. Hold your rod up. Boy, and that thing split. What did that fire by night do? Remember it? It was in front of them. Now it moved between them and Pharaoh, and it provided darkness to them. The Egyptians couldn't find them. Where are they? I thought they were. Oh, do you hear them? Anyway, you display, look at this. You displayed great fakes. Never happened. Oh, really? Somebody believes it happened. You displayed great miracles against Pharaoh and his people, and you knew how brutally the Egyptians were treating you, treating them. You have a glorious reputation because uh, of those never forgotten deeds. I tell you, one way to turn your terrible day upside down is if you go back over there, just starting, what you starting? I want to call it Egypt, Exodus, anywhere in Exodus, and just start watching where the Lord started whipping their tails, buddy. Man. You divided the sea. No, it wasn't. It was shallow waters, what the professor told me. Stupid. That water was walled up. Huge. Amazing. And remember, according to history, that's not the only time that happened. The Jordan River did the same thing. (laughs) When the Israelites went across. And guess what? It wasn't the only time. What do you mean? Yeah, Elijah. Remember when Elijah went up into heaven in a, in a whirlwind and that, the chariot of fire and Elisha is screaming, the chariot of God, the chariot of God. He saw it. And he'd asked for a double portion. Remember that story? A real story. Jesus mentions it. Anyway, Elijah had dropped his mantle. And so Elisha picked up his mantle after all that thing had happened. Remember the seminary boys are watching from a hill over there going, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe it. And he turned around toward the Jordan River and he slapped that Jordan River with that rod and he said, this, and this should happen in our prayers. He said, where is the God of Elijah? And that thing went, Whoop! it ripped open. And we should be doing the same thing when you're faced with trouble. Put that coffee cup down and just say, where is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Where is Jesus today? I need him. And you'll watch him show up. But if you want to act like he don't have anything to do with you, then guess what? He's going to be outside that door. He'll still be knocking. But we know better. We just have to deal with our unbelief. Okay, here we go. Wow. Okay. You divided the sea for your people so that they could go through on dry land. So that beats the shallow water thing, doesn't it? It was dry. Then you destroyed their enemies in the depths of the sea. You sank like stones. I mean, they sank like stones beneath the mighty waters. Now you know why the people put together the Bible. They found all these books that had recorded history in it. They put them all together. Gave us a beautiful picture of our history and about our Lord. You led our ancestors, there it is, by the pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire by night so that they could find their way. You came down upon Mount Sinai and spoke. Remember, that's when that place shook and it was on fire. And they said, please, Moses, you just go from now on. This is scaring us. Including the laws about the Holy Sabbath. And you commanded them through Moses your servant to obey them all. Okay, yeah. All right. Here we go. Click, click, click. You gave them bread from heaven. Yeah, that manna. 
They were hungry and water from the rock when they were thirsty. You commanded them to go in and conquer the land. You sworn to give to give them. Uh, you remember what happened. But our ancestors were proud and stubborn. They refused. Remember they said, we can't go in there. There's giants in there. Same thing you and I are going to be faced with today when we go, God, I don't know if God can you get me out of this one. I ain't, I ain't had a job and, you know, and the one I'm at is horrible and I got family problems and you better shut that up. Don't mention that. Except for Jesus, help me. Remember this picture here? He wants to come in at the table and talk with you and eat with you and just say, hey, Lord, by the way, can you help me out with... And he will. He will. They refused to obey, didn't pay attention. Look at that. Didn't pay any attention to the miracles you did for them. Instead, they rebelled. Look at this. And appointed a leader to take them back into slavery in Egypt. Remember that story? They said, uh, we don't know have no... You know, we're, we're going to... We're, we're going to have another. Who's this Moses guy? Remember they appointed, they thought Korah, we're not putting up with this. The sons of Korah, remember what happened? The ground opened up and swallowed them. Woo. Anyway, but you are a God, look at that. You're a God of what? Forgiveness. You, you, you got to remind yourself of that or you, you'll never believe it. Always ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry. Look at that. And full of love. Good old Ezra the priest. Man, do you know the governor of Cyrus knew Ezra? At the very first of Ezra, Ezra's the preceding book. Man, he was like President Trump or whoever you want to call it, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. He was good friends with Ezra. And he says, and you go back and you teach the people the Bible. That's what he said. Wow. Uh, you didn't abandon them, even though they made a... Look at that. There's where that moo came from. You, they made a calf idol, and they said, this is our God. Oh, how stupid. Well, if you think about it, think about how stupid your unbelief is. I'm sitting there thinking, i got I got to go fly to Phoenix Tuesday. You know, and the media's out there going, Trump started World War III. <laughs> I'm going to Phoenix. I'm fine in Jesus' name. I'm protected. It's got nothing to do with Trump, and I love Trump, and I, I, I can't stand that... Iranian bunch has been trying to kick America. That stuff's over with. I'm, I'm proud. I'm glad. You can't just appease people, whatever. You got to say no. Anyway, he brought us out of Egypt. They sinned in so many ways, but your great mercy didn't abandon them to die in the wilderness. Look at that. The pillar of fire led them forward day by day. Remember that when they said, well, we ain't going to promised land. For 40 years, their shoes didn't even wear out. They had food. They had clothing. It was, gosh. You sent your good spirit to instruct them. You did not stop giving them bread from heaven or water for their uh, thirst. Wow. For 40 years. Look, there it is. Look at this. This is a recap, too, of what I just said. For 40 years, you sustained them. They lacked for nothing in all that time. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their feet didn't swell. I mean, I'm sometimes, I know we got oh, several of us in here. Are, are, <laughs> we're older than these younger ones. <laughs> I got foot problems. Praise God. God take care of everything about you. Old and young. Remember, these weren't all young whippersnappers. It was the entire nation. Then you helped them. Boy, when they made that turn and they, it was 40 years was over with, they're on the way to the promised land. There were two kings. They're, they're listed here. Yeah. King Sihon and Og. Boy, they just knocked them out of their cities. You helped them conquer great kingdoms and many nations. You placed your people in every corner of the land. They completely took over the land of King Sahan of Heshbosh and King Og of Bashan. That's at the very end of Deuteronomy. 
Okay, that's also in the numbers too. You caused a population explosion among the Israelis and brought them into the land you had promised to their ancestors. Now think about that just a moment. Well, you know, you never know if God will allow you to have kids or not. Oh, really? If you go back and read, nobody's supposed to be barren. Anyway, if we're not going to give him credit, don't look for a miracle. Okay. Remember, it's all medical science anyway. It, it ain't medical science. Oh, please. Some of those medical science people, you go check up on them. They're the most dope-smoking people in the world. You know, most immoral people. Some of them are good. Some of them hate God. You bring up God, they're just, well, I'm not going to help you anymore. Why? Well, you mentioned you pray. And he'll tell his secretary to cut you off their list. Reason is, you're making them feel guilty when you walk in. You represent Jesus, and when you walk in there, they <laughs> it's sin. They're, they're figuring it out real quick. So they just, they're not, they don't want you there. You say, well, I didn't say nothing. You are a representative of Jesus Christ. You don't have to say anything about anything. When you show up, it makes them know that they're wrong. It's so good. I'm glad we're on this side of it. And I love those doctors. They need Jesus just like I did before I knew I needed him. All right, population explosion. You subdued the whole nations. Even kings and people of the Canaanites were powerless. That's when they wiped out the promised land. They took it. Your people captured fortified cities. Hello, Jericho. And fertile land. They, look, at they took over houses full of good things. Where's the poverty? There's not any poverty. And cisterns and, and vineyards and olive gardens and many, many fruit trees. So they ate and were full and enjoyed themselves in all your... Is it blessings or cursings? Blessings. Praise the Lord. Ah, but look what he says. But despite all this, they were disobedient, rebelled against you. They threw away. That's what'll get you. Quit reading your Bible. I can do it my way. No. They threw away the Bible. They killed the prophets who told them to turn to you. And they did many other terrible things. That's the same thing Jesus preached the whole time. He preached that to the religious people. They had their own laws. Anyway, you gave them their enemies. You, know, you gave them to their enemies, but in their, look at that, in their time of trouble, hello, they cried to you and you heard them from heaven and in your great mercy, you sent them saviors. That's the book of Judges. Who delivered them from their enemies. But when all was going well and your people, your, your people turned, turned again in sin and once more you let their enemies conquer them. Okay, See how he's recording this whole thing? We're about done. Watch this. Yet... Whenever your people returned to you and cried for help, just like you did, once more you listened from heaven and in your wonderful mercy delivered them. Uh, here we go. Uh, you punished them in order to turn them towards your laws, but even though they should have obeyed them, they were proud and wouldn't listen and continued in sin. You were patient with them for many years. You sent prophets to warn them about their sins, but they still wouldn't listen. So once again, you allowed the heathen nations to conquer them. Remember their sin was they didn't want anything to do with Jesus. So don't worry about you, okay? You've got it. Remember, they always had a daily sacrifice and a yearly memorial that, you know, we're, we're not perfect. That's right. You're not perfect, okay? But if you just get rid of it all and say, I don't, I don't have time for this Jesus stuff. I, I think I told you, I heard somebody say, I don't do that anymore. I thought, oh, man. Well, I know why. Here's a recap. Anyway, but in your, so here we go. So the, the heathen nations conquered them. But in your great mercy, you did not destroy them completely or abandon them forever. What a gracious and merciful God you are. Remember, Ezra said this about five times already. And now, O oh great and awesome God, you who keep your promises. Remember, there's 42,000 have gotten back to the promised land. The Lord's blessed them. 
Wall's been up for 52 days. Look at this. Do not let the hardships we have gone through become nothing to you. Great trouble has come upon us and upon our kings and princes and priests and prophets and ancestors from the days when the kings of Assyria first triumphed over us until now. See, that, we're going to have a hard time thinking that some drunk guy wrote this. This is history. Plus, he's a governor. He's not even a religious man. But he loves the Lord. Every time you punished us, you were being perfectly fair. No, excuse me, Ezra's reading this. Ezra's, Ezra, high priest. He is a religious guy. Uh, we sinned greatly against you, and now you gave us what we deserve. Our kings, princes, priests, and ancestors didn't obey your laws and listen to your warnings. They did not worship you despite the wonderful things you did for them. Well, you know, we got wonderful things all the time. These clowns here didn't worship you. Well, we, we just got through singing Amazing Grace. Let's keep singing it. Uh, for the great goodness you showered upon them. You gave them large and fat land, but they refused to turn from their wickedness. Remember, they wanted to worship other gods. That was it. So now we're slaves here in the land of plenty. See, that's true. It's no longer Nebuchadnezzar, but it's Artises or something like that of Persia. But that king was being good to them, though. Look at this. Slaves among all, <laughs> literally says, we're slaves among all this abundance. The lush yield of this land passes into the hands of the kings whom you've allowed to conquer us because of our sins. They have power over our bodies and our cattle, and we serve them at their pleasure and are in great misery. Wow. Where's old Ezra going with this? Because of this, we again promise to serve the Lord. And we and our princes and Le- we and our princes and Levites and priests put our names to this covenant. See, they signed another covenant. Well, what is it? I thought it was the Old Testament, New Testament. There was a whole bunch of covenants taking place. These people realized, hey, we've blown it. And they got everybody together, 42,000 of them. And they had all the main top leaders sign it and say, we will have the choir sing every day. And we will take care of the temple. And we will serve the Lord. They all signed this thing. Praise the Lord. And I'll tell you what. This only goes to chapter 13. And... uh, Nehemiah is a governor. In the next chapter, I think it is, or you skip one, I think it's in the, they had, the people started to do some things they shouldn't do. They knew better. And this is what led them into slavery again. And Mr. Wonderful Nehemiah, he grabbed this guy by the beard, ripped his hair out. <laughs> he hit him in the mouth and busted him in the jaw and said, this is exactly what Solomon did. You've got, and it ruined Solomon in his latter years. And it, it's just how quick we go, well, we don't need to go to church. We don't need to read our Bibles. We can just, and just how fast it goes back and forth. Boy, he was hot. I'd like to show it to you, but we better stop. You can read yourself. There's only, there's only two more, three more chapters. Where it, that's, uh, this is chapter 10 here. Here's the list. Look at that. It says, man, they signed the covenant. Wow. And here's the guys that signed it with them. Look at that. There's Daniel. Look at that. Here's the Levites that signed, signed it. All these people. It's all these people. Let's see. All these people. And everybody, uh, man, look, they further, uh, see, look what they said. We agreed that we wouldn't let our daughters marry non-Jewish men and not let our sons marry non-Jewish girls and all this kind of stuff. And anyway, one of them hightailed it and married one of Sandballots. He was the bad guys, and that's when he ripped his beard. He, I mean, he, he, he busted him. He also put one of them in the temple. He had a little storehouse in there. And old Nehemiah, one of them, he, he beat the crap out of that guy they, in the temple. It was a political move. This guy had married one of the kings outside the city. And, well, I'll just read it to you. Look, watch this. So, uh, let's stop. You need to see this. Watch this. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Anyway, they brought all the, 
All right, all these people lived in the city. They were in the city. La da 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 da. Let's see. It's just a list of them. Okay. All right, more list of these guys. Total record, total record. Here we go. Genealogies. Da 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 da. Look at these choirs. Praise the Lord. All this happened. This is all right back to back. All right, here it is. This chapter. So I guess this is the last chapter. Yeah, interesting. So the last chapter. Okay, so here we go. So they're still reading the Bible. Ha da 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 da. Okay. Uh, Well, there's that part about Solomon. Where is that? Oh, there it was. Look at this. One of the sons of Jehoiada. This, this is the last piece of this book. Remember, this was a biography of what happened. One of the sons of Jehoiada, the son of Elisha, the high priest. A preacher's kid. And he's supposed to be the high priest too. Or he's going to be. He was the son-in-law. He married one of them. <clears throat> See, he was moved politically. Hey, this will be. She's good looking. You like that, don't you? And I'll pay you some money too. It's okay. Don't ever let Nehemiah find out. Nehemiah found out. Well, actually, who found out was the Lord found out. <laughs> he was the son-in-law of Sam. I So I chased him out of the temple. Oh, wait, I forget. You got to read what he, did, what he did. Can you imagine that? He's running for his life. I guess that's where it was. Okay, let's see. Anyway, I chased him out of the temple. Oh, oh, let's see. Oh, I purged. Let's see. Remember, oh God, that they have defiled. Shucks, where is that thing? He, oh, he set up a, he set up a, uh, a room for this clown. There it is, right there. Okay. I was not in Jerusalem at this time. Oh, because he wasn't there. He heard about it. For I had returned to Babylon in the 32nd year of the reign of King Art, though I had received permission to go back again. When I arrived, I came back to Jerusalem and learned of this evil deed of there he is. He had prepared a guest room in the temple for Tobiah. She. I was very upset about it and threw, <laughs> he threw out all his belongings in the room. <laughs> That's great. Then I demanded that the room be thoroughly cleaned and brought back to the temple. Bowls of grain and, and whatever, frankincense and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, you combine that with this latter part right here. He says, I chased that guy right out of there. And remember, that's when he said, wasn't this exactly what Solomon's problem was? You know, you know, he led him into idolatry. Do you think we're going to get away with this sinful deed? He said, one of the sons of Jehoiada, that's him, was son-in-law of Sanballat the Horn. I chased him out of the temple. Now look what he says. Let's close here. Remember then, oh my God, 
for, I, for they have defiled the priesthood and the promises and vows of the priests and the Levites. So I purged out the foreigners, assigned tasks to the priests and Levites, making certain that they knew their work. They supplied wood for the altar at proper times, cared for the sacrifices, the first offerings for every harvest. Remember me, my God, with your kindness. <laughs> and he's going to remember what you did too. Anyway, sorry, it took such a long time. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. If we're in any kind of trouble, you'll get us out, according to all these things we see in the scriptures. Same thing's true with our bodies, praise God. If we're sick, you'll take care of them. And financially, it's the same thing. And that doesn't leave anything left. But for us to, like Nehemiah, leave a biography, we're always going to be serving you and telling others about Jesus. For it's in Jesus' name. And we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, boy, I tell you what, you've covered me and my